Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Friday Night Panel, hosted by yours truly, Mike Orr, and I am joined today by my friends and counterparts here, none other than Neil the Deal and Lou Eisen. Yes, thanks guys for joining the uh, Friday Night Panel, man. Let's get it underway. We're gonna get some uh, some talks in. Thanks for coming, guys. You wanna you wanna say hello to all the fans out there? Hello, fans out there. <laughs> Good to see you. Yes, uh, I guess we'll get right into it. I guess Grumpy Grand. Hey, what about my? What's that? You fans? Yeah, I get to say something too. I, I asked you if you wanted to, you man. Said, man. I, I want to say hi all all our fans, all the Talk and Fight yeah. hosts. I'm really happy to see you, Lou. Uh, guys, thanks, Lou, for coming out, and of course, Big Mike happy right here. Grumpy Mike, yeah. up. You know, you never know about him. But anyways. Thanks a lot for coming out, guys. We've been having a good week, and this weekend is going to be really good. Hey, Mike, it's 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 one of those. Uh, well, I called it what the Battle of Britain. Uh, well, there, there's some big fights going on this weekend. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. There were some fights that happened this afternoon too that were pretty big. Uh, that we'll get right into and, and I guess just talk about and discuss. I don't know. Should should we let the people know who won these fights? But uh, I don't know if we should, but we we could. Uh, I want to talk about uh, you know Thorsland Luna. This one was set uh, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today. This uh, this was set for a blockbuster event at uh, Greker, or Greek Gear uh, Arena in Holstbro, Denmark. Uh, champion versus champion clash featuring Dana Sensation, Dina Thorsland, and the Mexican powerhouse uh, Luna Avila. Uh, this one was set to go toe-for-toe -to -toe for the WBC, WBO, and Vacant Ring Magazine World Women's Bantamweight titles. Uh, Thorsland. Unblemished record, this 29-year-old, 19-0, with eight of those wins coming by knockout. She just defended her WBO title for the fourth time, uh, but also gunning to add two more world titles to her resume. On the opposite corner, Luna, also 29, holds the WBC title with a record of 25-3-1, with only four victories via stoppage. Luna's durability and ability to go the distance might give Thorslin a run for her money in that scheduled 10-round bout. That already happened today, so... Uh, I don't know, guys. You want to should, should should we talk about? Well, Lou, what are your well, thoughts on this? Well, Neil, what are your if you want to, if we're going to talk about European boxing, we there's several things we have to mention along with this fight, which is how fighters the fight for matchroom keep getting caught, uh, keep failing drug tests. Right. And I wanted to ask both of you. I I, I read about it, but I didn't know how it started. Apparently, Ben Shalom, a promoter. And there, another promoter attacked, verbally attacked Eddie Hearn and called him all sorts of names and stuff. And Hearn answered back. I, I was wondering if you knew what that was about. Uh, I, I know Graham was up on that. I, I wasn't really, <clears throat> I didn't really pay attention to that. I guess they verbally attacked him for all of his fighters, you know, testing positive. Because let's be real, like, who was the last one? Uh, Alicia Baumgartner tested positive uh, before her July fight, but then also tested negative two times after the fight was already conducted, like already ended. So, you know, it's, and, and it's not the first time somebody had that, that, you know, the matchroom camp is tested positive. Robert Hellenius tested positive, Connor Ben, and exactly. science doesn't lie. It's like math. So exactly, it, they're caught. They did it. It's, it's a problem in the sport and, and something has to be done about it. Um, 
I don't know what advantage it gives them other than helping them recover quickly from workouts. Yeah. Helping them recover quickly in a fight. But, but, um, I mean, Eddie Hearn's guilty of it. And, you know, one test, one fighter once ever, you could argue, but three now and rumors of more. I mean, that's, that's not good. No, it's, 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 no. Not, it's not good at all. And what, you know, like, you're never going to get rid of that blemish on your record either. It's, no. it's, it's a horrible thing for a, a boxer to do. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it is what it is. Oh, before well, wait, wait, wait. the way, the way I see it is, is everybody has a choice in life, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if they offer you anything, it's, you can say yes, or you can say no. Those are the answers. That's it. So yeah, absolutely. And don't forget Jake LaMotta said to his dying day, when I died, they'll always remember me as the guy who threw the fight on purpose to blackjack Billy Fox. He said, that never leads to my record. Yeah. And, and he said, that's broken my heart for 40 years now. And everyone who sees me looks at me, looks down at me because of it. Well, as we all know, look at all the uh, professional athletes in general around the world that have been, uh, uh, you know, brought in front of tribunals, etc. Uh, their careers have been destroyed. They haven't made the Hall of Fames. There's just so many things that have been happening in professional sports in general from every professional league. And boxing is no exemption, right? They have people. They have people that abide by the rules, and they have people that don't abide by the rules. So the only way to look at it, right, is they're either going to have to like have like it's like have have one side okay if you're going to do this stuff then that's where you fight in that division and that, that league and then if you know the people that are clean fight in that league it's like having two olympics or something you know what i mean the, for the people that do, do these things and the people that don't do these things they know it sounds crazy the athletes themselves are being um forced to do it just to like as as lou was saying and mike knows to keep up to keep up the pace right because these athletes are getting so much better and ever like back in the day hockey players did not train in the summertime as we all know we're not even going to get into that one but you know what i'm saying yeah now it's 24 hours a day 24 hours a day uh, the 365 days a year and they're on major health issues like diets and this and that and training regimens and stuff man you know so it's a pretty big thing and you know what professional boxing is becoming one of the biggest things again thank god right lou and everybody we yeah. all know and uh, it's surpassed MMA now, like it always did. We all know, but kind of people just kind of, it's like a fad or something, I guess they'd call it. But anyways, I, I truly believe that um, I feel bad for the uh, the athletes because you know what? If you've trained your whole life to become the best that you can be, and there's a guy beside you who's just a little bit better than you because he's decided that he's going to do something that's illegal, for you, like, right? Even like, right. look at Carl Lewis, man. How many, you know, Carl Lewis won what? 14 gold medals or something? I don't know for the USA, but he was like... Uh, he was no better than Ben Johnson, so that's all you know what I'm saying. So yeah, well, Neil, you bring up you, you bring up a really good point because when I interviewed Nigel Collins, he used to be the editor of Ring, and now writes for Ringside Seat. He's well known. He's in the Hall of Fame boxing writer. He said, you know, you're never going to get steroids out of the sport now. The sport's too wide. There's too many people in it. He said, and it, not too many for the good of the sport, but too many people involved with steroids. He said, maybe the best you can do is come to an agreement where you allow steroids. I don't agree with this, but you allow steroids and control what what fighters can take. I think, said, 
I think that's what they're doing now, though. That's why right. some, some, are, some are testing positive before the fight, but then after the fight, they're <clears> testing <throat> negative. It's almost, like, it's almost like they're timing it so that right. it's another system by the time they have to do the test. Mm-hmm. With it, that's that's along the lines you're saying. I think I think that's probably what they would have to do, like allow them to use it in these times, but they would have to clean up to get in the ring, which is still is not fair. It's still not. No, fair. it's not fair because Muhammad Ali never used them. Neither did Joe Lewis, and they yeah. had no trouble being beyond. Sugar Ray Robinson, Robinson, I don't think was doing those things. You know, or, what I mean? or Sugar Ray <laughs> Leonard or Roberto Duran. Well, that's debatable. That's all I got to tell you. Yeah. Roberto Duran, well, he's on a different level. That guy. Yeah, but I, I don't think he ever did steroids. I don't think so. Not on that no. level, no. No, and I don't think they're around in his time. But, but you know, I mean, Babe Ruth used to go on the field hungover and still hit three or four home runs. So <laughs> well, sure. When you said athletes aren't playing by the rules, that's not only in the sport. That's in general life. I mean, NFL, didn't the NFL, there's a, a second? No, Wanda Franco, uh, Major League Baseball. A second woman came out and said she was abused by him, beaten up. So these athletes, NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, boxing, I mean, Adrian Broner mm. did this. A lot of them just think the rules don't apply to me because I have a lot of money and I can do what I want. I can take steroids. I can beat people up and nothing will happen to me. And that's just not the way it goes. Thoughts on the low blow, guys? What are your thoughts? That was the low blow, without a doubt. Okay. Okay. What? Really? I thought, yeah, I'll tell you why. Lou, when was the last time you got your glasses? Like, a couple of years ago, maybe? Yes, I do need to get My eyesight's not great. Yeah. You're correct. You're correct. My eyesight isn't great. But, right. but right. um, the, the, rules, the rules state, and the referee said, and this is what the rules say, any blow from the top of the trunks down, even on the belt line, is a low blow. Anything up from the top of the trunks up is a legit blow. He hit half his glove. Part of his glove was on the where it said Usyk. Part of it was below that. But the pain was real. It went into his testicles. He wouldn't have. It, it was a natural reaction. And people said it was a solar plexus. Solar plexus isn't at your belt line. No, it's, not, it's higher up. Yeah. So what was that, Lou? That is a definitely, that was a low blow. You know, it was borderline, maybe, but it was definitely a low blow. And he felt it. And after, when the doctor examined him, his testicles were very swollen. So, <laughs> well, he shouldn't have been hanging out with those Ukrainian women the night before. That's yeah. right. <laughs> well, it was, it was Independence Day. Come on, party. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, he wasn't exactly just training the night before. That's another issue. But I think there's a bigger issue, Neil, which people miss. Everyone missed the thing that I couldn't believe. Dubois, I thought, beat the count. He yeah, was up at nine. He, yeah. Yeah. he yeah. walked right up and then they waved him off. I'm like, they waved him off, but he was ready to continue. Yeah. He looked at his corner. He took his he took his eight. He stood up at nine, looked at him, and the guy called it off. And I'm like, and, and, that and, is ridiculous. And that's what they've been saying for 300 years. When like, you go down, take a nine count. Yeah. Take 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 as much as you can. Like you gotta take a nine point when, whatever it was, he did the right thing. He got up, he looked at his corner, which you're told to do, and then the referee waved it off. There was no reason yeah. to wave it off. So so Lou, how do or Mike guys, how do you explain that? Now we've been dealing with these referee issues like throughout the year. 
obviously, and not just this year, but you know, but it it, it that kind of thing to me, like Lou, you probably watch like five thousand fights, ten thousand, fifty thousand. You know what I mean? That never happened when Ernie Shavers was fighting. Well, long the, the, the the thing, one of the things is this: uh, back in the day in the seventies, like Foreman versus Frazier or Foreman versus Ron Lyle, you had referees who Angelo Dundee, for instance, didn't like, like Tony Perez. And Perez was a terrible ref. So I saw him stop fights that were ridiculous. And then Arthur right. McKinney refereed Foreman Frazier. And after the, McKinney, six, yeah. after the sixth knockdown, Angelo was at ringside doing the color commentary. He was swearing at McKinney. What you, are, you an, are you an ignorant bastard? What's wrong with you? Does he have to kill the man? Foreman, right. Foreman turned to McCanny and said, you want me to kill him? Is that what you want? And then McCanny stopped it. So now I think because of the death of Maxim Dadashov and other fighters uh, recently in the ring, boxing is very quick. I'd rather, the referee's attitude is, I'd rather you be angry at me than have a death on my hands. Grumpy Graham in the house. Mm. Well, so, Graham, uh, Lou, okay, it is what's yeah. happening. Lou, they're not like these guys are not yeah. actually fighting at their full on capability. They're just kind of lollygagging these fights. Like, sure, they're trying, but it's not like they're really actually trying, if you know what I'm saying. Like, they could actually. It depends, it depends who. I'm, I, I think like, Lucy was trying. I couldn't believe all the verbal abuse he got oh, after the fight online which I discount most of that stuff anyways. And people saying, you know, he's afraid of Fury. Right. It's the other way around. Fury ducked him. Usyk agreed to a 25-75 split, and Fury said no. You know, right. I want 90-10. Fury doesn't want to fight him. Fury doesn't have the skill to beat Usyk. He went and fought a UFC guy. And yes, oh, they, they call they call Usyk, who fought for his country, you know, they're calling, I mean, Fury's calling him a coward. If Fury's really believe, believes he's the champion, then shut up and get in the ring of Usyk. Decide it. But he won't. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It's uh, it, like, to me, I'm just telling you, I've been watching so many of these fights, and to be honest with you, it's just like they're kind of almost in slow motion sometimes. Right. Live. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. And I mean, they're not really... Uh, actually, like, yeah, I mean, when when Frazier got knocked up by Foreman, he hadn't trained hard. Everyone said Foreman's easy; you don't need to train. You'll beat him in one minute, and then right. he underestimated him. He didn't realize what was going on, and right. and he just it went to his head. And that still happens to fighters today that they don't train as much as they should. And when you, I, I'm trying to remember who I was reading about recently, but well, differently now. Yeah, they do, but still, when you have a guy like Duran, or a, it, there's still fighters today that we know of, you know, Hector Camacho was one, who, you know, the night before the fight, he's in bed with three women, he's doing <laughs> cocaine, he's doing the, I mean, and then comes into the ring, it's like, who, you know, I, I, that's disrespect for yourself yeah. and the sport and the fans, yeah. but fighters still do it. They think my talent alone will get me there, and it won't. We gotta we gotta talk about okay, so the low blow took away from the actual low blows. Right. I think Dogba. Did you guys see those low blows? Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. That that Ooh. blatant blatant disregard for the judges being right there and the referee. This guy did it to just not be in that ring. Mm-hmm. True. Yes. Oh, that, yeah, that was weird. That's not uncommon in boxing. If you look at the early 1900s, late 1880s, all the way up to the 40s or 50s. What, wasn't Galata, didn't Galata have one like that too? Who was that? Oh, yeah. Galata did it twice to Bo. Yeah. And he was beating Bo by a wide margin. And yeah. fighters back in the 30s, 40s, or 20s and earlier, if they were losing, they didn't want to lose the title. And you couldn't on a DQ, so they would hit the guy low. I mean, mysterious Billy Smith, the world's first ever welterweight champion from Digby, Nova Scotia, he had something like 18 disqualifications on his record, 13 for low blows in fights he was losing. He just said, I'm losing, I'll hit the guy low. Add Wolgast, uh, who beat battling Nelson for the title, lightweight. He did that all the time. There was a famous, the double knockout. <clears throat> Graham's probably seen the picture with they're lying on the canvas together because he hit <laughs> he he hits Mexican Joe Rivers for like the twentieth time in the fight deliberately low and Rivers connects with the right hand to his jaw and they both go down and and after the fight Rivers has a fractured testicle so uh, this is in boxing but but I was always I remember Gil Clancy saying one time what do you do if a guy keeps hitting you low. And the referee doesn't do anything. And he said, the ref will never do anything. The only thing you can do is hit him back low. And, and Canelo did that with uh, Matthew Hatton, Ricky Hatton's brother, when he kept hitting him behind the head and hitting him low. And so he started yeah. to do it back, and that stopped him. Yeah, um, not the case. Uh, F.A. Jogba landed one in the second round because he had enough. Yeah. yeah, and then, you know, by the fourth, it was done. Like, he just he blatantly blatantly gave him this low blow i felt bad for a jaguar because you know he should have been able to go in there you know get have his have his head thinking right first of all yeah uh, get all those shots to the nuts you know i don't know how well i'd be thinking but man that uh (laughs) that was one that should have been talked about but honestly the dubois one you know that that one definitely took away from from that you know, with that low blow, that was huge. Everybody's talking about that, but yes, it wasn't a low blow, man. It wasn't a low blow. It was a good. I think it was and he lost blow. the fight. Dubois won the lucky. Usyk is lucky. I don't know. I disagree with that completely. I don't think Usyk's lucky. I think Usyk dominated him, and that was a. I, it was accidental, but it was definitely a low blow. And I think after their doctor confirmed that with the fact that his testicles were extremely swollen, <laughs> and. He, and you know if it wasn't a low blow he wouldn't have gone down like that you know if you get hit in the solar plexus it's not your testicles that hurt he he got hit on the belt line and remember the referee said anything above the top of his name where it says Usyk, anything under that is a low blow so you hit him on that belt line that's a low blow the referee said that that's what the rules say yeah yeah i agree with the rules like you just said but like i said this is boxing it's not tiddlywinks if you know what i mean yeah, oh, I know. It happens all the time. It happens well, in a lot of fights. It's been happening since I've ever watched fights, and I'll tell you, if they stopped every fight because somebody hit them on the belt line, there would be no fights, basically. But, you know, yeah, right? keep, 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 keep in mind what Dubois camp and Dubois said prior to that fight, that he intended to win by any means necessary. Yeah. And, and, and he came out and said, by any means necessary. So... Yeah. I'm sorry. I, mean, I disagree with you, Neil. I mean, it was a low blow. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah I, I, I thought it was a great punch. I thought he was done, did it. And I, that's what I think. And no. Hey. It was a great low blow. Yeah. How no about that? It was it was great was, low. Well, if I think it was a great I, punch, period. That's got, my opinion. I got to tell you the story, though. There, there was a fighter years ago named Fritzy Zivic, who was recognized as the dirtiest fighter of all time. And he had a flat nose. So if, you look at, if you look at him online, photos or even sketches, his nose was flat. He was such a dirty fighter. He fought a guy named Al Bunny Davis, a Jewish fighter in New York. And they told Al Davis before the fight, he's going to bite you. He's going to kick you and knee you. He's going to thumb you. And Al said, I'm ready for it. And, you know, they get in a clinch. And, and Zivic was brilliant at doing it where the referee couldn't see it. And he leans over and he bites his nose, like just teeth mark and his blood coming out. And Davis got so angry, he took a step back and kicked Zivic in the nuts. <laughs> Zivic fell to the canvas and then he stomped his head three or four times with his foot. He went and got the stool from his corner and started to whack him with it. And the riot at St. Nicholas Arena, all these people came into the ring and Davis was suspended for life. But then a year later, his brothers, who were part of Murder Incorporated, went to a visit to New York State Athletic Commission, and the ban was lifted. And and Zivic, to his credit, said, "Hey, you know what? I thumbed him in the nose. I kneed him in the nuts, and I, I, I or in the eye, I thumbed him, and I bit his nose. My teeth marks are still there, so I I kind of deserve that. But so this this is nothing new in boxing, you know. But what I I wanted to ask Graham, what was the deal with what did Ben Shalom say about uh, uh, Eddie Hearn that got Eddie Hearn so upset? That that's a really that's a really good question. I've got uh, seven or eight different uh, Eddie Hearn stories lined up. Okay. Uh, ben Ben's not one of them, quite frankly. Oh, okay. Um, but but it, it's been an interesting week uh, in boxing, quite frankly, within the industry. Uh, yeah. Because you've got. Uh, What's his name? Uh, I can't remember his first name. Char. Uh, oh, Manuel Char. Yeah. Being, being named the 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 um, the heavyweight, the regular heavyweight champion. That's ridiculous. It to totally ridiculous. Uh, um, sorry, so, someone's going to say something. And then you're going to have the mentally disabled heavyweight champ, <laughs> and then then the visually impaired heavyweight champ. Yeah. Right. I, I right. mean, this is ridiculous. Right. So it's so only one should, world. So yes, there's been a huge debate uh, between fans uh, online about you know why don't we just remove that title air quotes uh, and that's what they should do yeah uh, and then the uh, manual chart is he's not going to make any difference in the heavyweight division quite frankly uh, Never but, but 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 within that heavyweight division there have been some uh, good stories to report this past week. Uh, with respect, especially with respect to top rank. I mean, I, I know we all kind of don't really like Bob Arum at the end of the day, but whoever else is managing that company is signing a lot of really great fighters. And uh, and among them are some new heavyweights that uh, will be fight. So I'm just saying, and this has been an ongoing debate between us, but uh, the heavyweights, in America are really rising um, internally, shall we say, in America. Uh, and the English tend to ignore all this. 
I mean, you, you've, you've got uh, what we've got Zhang and Joe Joyce coming up pretty soon. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and yeah, it, it's English are always like that. Yeah. You know, English always, you watch these English announcers and you think, what are you watching? Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. your guy just, like, dropped the second time. Well, that wasn't a legitimate knockdown. It's the second knockdown to the chin that he got. I mean, how can you, it, you, you just can't believe what you're hearing right. from yeah. him. Right. So, so, so I was very, I was very interesting to, to watch the progression of stories this week uh, with respect to um, like who's actually doing something. I'm, I'm talking specifically about the heavyweights, but who's actually doing something in the division to shake things up, so to speak. Right. And, uh, and, and who is not. And quite frankly, what is Matchroom doing? I mean, at the, I'm, no, I don't hate to say it. I'll say it. Eddie Hearn's out there you know, defending uh, uh, what, what are they called? The VADA, whatever that drugs association is over in England. Sure. You know? Yeah, voluntary. I mean, yeah. yeah, started in the States, but yeah, VADA, voluntary. So he, he, he's had three fighters that I can name, you know, uh, who, are, who are now up on these, uh, you know, trying to clear their name, quite frankly. And, and yet here, here is, uh, I think it was because, was it Hellenius? Was he making the comments because of yep. Hellenius? But anyway, Helenia, Elite Baumgartner, and Connor right. Van. Right. So, so here, here you go. You've got match matchrooms. Got. I hate to say it, but are they really just feeding these guys? Here's what you're going to say when you get caught. If you get caught, here's what you're going to say. I didn't. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. You know. But we all know from uh, Ben Johnson's case that you know at the end of the day. Hey. It, yeah. Well, how about Lance Armstrong? Remember him? Oh, good point. But, but it's what we said before. Science and math don't exactly. lie. You don't have to like me, but two plus two equals four, whether you like me or not, or whatever, whoever you're going to vote for. And Graham has a bang on. You know, the only my father would tell me, and I'm sure we all heard this from parents, but my father would say, uh, if you get caught lying, just admit it and don't do it again. Stop saying I'm sorry and stop denying right. it. Just say I got caught. I was wrong. I'm guilty. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. But he can't do that. He keeps doing it. And right. we were saying earlier, Graham, you get one fighter caught once over a ten-year period, you may have some wiggle room. Three guys, three people within less than a year that we know of. That's 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 a pattern. Right. Right. You know. Well, so he, Luke, he is that an high. insinuation, Lou, that there's some sort of conspiracy involved with them? Uh, letting their fighters uh, knowingly use the, the uh, performance-enhancing drugs and actually... I would say it's matchroom policy to give their fighters advantage any way they can. And one of the ways to do it is... Wow. Um, it, yeah, it's through performance-enhancing drugs. What makes me laugh is they're not good at it. They're inept because they keep getting right. caught. Exactly. There's a way to do it and then the right time to do it where you don't get caught, because regardless of how savvy Vada or anyone else is and catches drugs, there's always more people out there inventing better drugs and knowing how to beat the system. But apparently Eddie, Eddie Hearn won't pay those people. Right yeah, that's it right there, guys. They they actually create better things to mask things. And, you know, they'll say, oh, I, I used this specific toothpaste oh, when great. I was in somewhere. And they try to blame it on a, like a cold medication or a toothpaste or whatever, right? Canelo blamed it on food. He didn't know it had drugs in it. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, 
it's like a, it's like going on a subway car drunk and swinging a bottle at someone saying, I didn't realize there were other people on subway cars. Well, <laughs> exactly. There you go. Whatever. <laughs> you're responsible. Under the law in Canada, States, Britain, anywhere, you're responsible for what goes into your own body. It's that simple. You're responsible. To, to suggest that I didn't do it, someone else gave it to me while I went out to have dinner. That's yeah. ridiculous. So you, you, know, you know what's funny out of all of this, though, is that so Eddie Hearn wants Hellenius to go toe to toe with Usyk. That's the funny thing that comes out of all this. Are you I mean, kidding me? Really? I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. That's that's what Eddie Hearn at a, at a recent press conference. Eddie Hearn said, you know, that that's who should Usyk should be fighting, Hellenius. Wow. So Eddie Hearn's a moron. I was going to say, does he need a brain transplant at the same time, or what is well, he? Really? That's the point. His fighters get hit, but he's got the brain damage. His father had class. He's got none. No wow. class. He's just looking at the almighty buck. Hellenius doesn't go to distance even remotely. So what, is he like the new, uh, he's the English Don King? Is that what we're calling him now, the English Don King? <laughs> Has he killed anybody recently, Lou, that you know of, maybe? No, you but never, you never know. He's you, helping know Don, you know Don, we all know about the, you know, Don, right? The Don. Well, there is yeah. one more, there is boxing on tomorrow, guys, that we are going to watch. We all know. Eubank Smith, great undercard, by the way. Yeah, yeah. great great undercard. Um, you know, guys, this one, Big one. I, I saw the first one. I don't even think there should be a rematch, to be honest. But, you know, I agree. Yeah. This is this is this is the British. This is a great, great example of the British thinking they rule boxing. Okay. Yeah. Did, did, <coughs> yeah. Like, you know what? Smith Smith whooped his ass. Let's let's be real. Yeah. Just wait. Back in back his ass, Mike. What? Yeah, he did. Yes, he Smith did. Smith whooped his ass. Mike, you're bang on. And yeah. it was a definitive knockout. It yeah, wasn't close. It was definitive. It's They're not like a defeated Even the old shiver. No, man, listen. Oh, no. The previous face-off was back in January. We witnessed Smith with two spectacular knockdowns. Uh, he brought that energetic brawl to a halt just one minute into the fourth round. Uh, Eubank Jr. was unsatisfied with the referee's decision. And, you know, uh, he wanted to overturn his defeat, so he's here to rematch this. He doesn't believe that, you know, uh, that that it was the way that we all saw it. Because I don't know the fight that I watched personally. Yeah, Smith brought it to him and and brought it to him hard. And and you know, you bang the fight I saw. That's the 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 it. it wasn't disputed. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you win every round beforehand. That makes no difference in boxing. No man. You but know what? You you could dominate a hockey game. For four overtime periods, but if the yeah. other team scores, you still lose. Right. He may have dominated the first couple of rounds. He got knocked out. Knockouts are definitive. If it's a controversial split decision, then you have an argument. And 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 Eubank said, "Well, I wasn't satisfied with the referee's decision." Well, you know what? Who cares what you're satisfied with? The referee's decision doesn't. Referee doesn't care whether you're satisfied or not. You got dropped twice. If you weren't satisfied, then don't get knocked down and knocked out. Then rally and beat the man. You yeah. couldn't do it. You don't yeah. have the skill set, and yeah. you're going to get beat worse tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, and, and oh, really? 
Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you guys think? Yep. Oh yeah. Second time around is always on like the that. Old wolf here on the uh, on the UA side of the world. On the, on the undercard, I got to talk about it. Um, you know, we got two belts also up for grabs here. We got you know the British Super Middle. We got the Commonwealth Super Middle. Uh, Mark Heffron is taking on Jack Cullen. Uh, also on the undercard, Adam Azim is on this one. He's eight no looking to keep that you know undefeated record. He's taking on Aram uh, Finnan, uh, who's twenty three and one. So this is a you know a little step up fight for him. Fraser Clark's on it, taking on David Allen. Uh, you know Michaela Mayer taking on Sylvia Bor- uh, Bortat, yeah. and uh, Lauren Price also on the card. Love this girl, man. Four and zero. She's taking on uh, uh, I think it's Lolota M- Mazia. And Frankie Stringer is on it, uh, taking on uh, Ingel Gomez and Florian Marku. Man, love this kid, Florian Marku, uh, Dillian Moran. Uh, I think this one's the opening fight. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Florian Marku, this guy, the Albanian king. Uh, you know, he's also friends with Rashad Mati. We've had uh, Mati on on the show before. You know, these guys got a huge following. Uh, this guy's great to watch, man. Really, really energetic. Really exciting fighter. There's so many great young fighters in every division. Yeah. It, it brings me to tears because when when people talk about the sport of boxing and and as compared to UFC or whatever, I or people will say, hey, you know what fighter should I watch? I, I'll just say, you know what? Turn on a card somewhere. There's going to be someone great on it that'll just blow your mind away. Oh yeah. From and, all over the world. And, and I, built, I built my whole show off that. I built my yeah. entire show off of following these kids man, and putting them out there. And now these kids, which you tune into the show because the where are they now is going to start on Knuckle Up, where I'm going to show you where these kids are now that I talked about two years ago. You know, right. headlining, headlining cards right now, still undefeated. You know, wearing belts, wearing multiple belts. These these guys, man, the future of boxing is to here today. It's already here. You just got to open up your eyes and watch. And you know what? Watch my show and I'll show you who to watch. So you don't have to well, worry. I, that's <laughs> one of the things I love about your show the most is because in two, three, four years from now, you're going to say, no, 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 no. You can't say he came out of nowhere because four years ago, I said to you, he was going to be a world champion. Undisputed. Yeah. I told you that. And what you're saying now to me is what should be said to the media, not just yeah. here, but in the States and all over the world. You're ignoring something great going on. You know, and these are fighters that count and deserve to be known and deserve to be remembered. Yeah. Yeah. There's some great ones. Absolutely. You know, and and their name, their names are coming up through those, through those rankings. People are starting to hear them, you know, that, 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 that phantom. Oh, what about this guy? What about this guy? Well, who is that? Right. Right. This guy, this guy was dangerous two years ago. Now he's a lot better and even more dangerous. And now these guys are now, you know, getting signed to the big guys, you know, top rank, golden boy, matchroom. Oh yeah. You know, and then, and they're starting to, you know, they're starting to show that they're, they're exactly what I said they were going to be champs. This this reminds me in the early nineties when Angelo Dundee called me and said, there's a young kid named Costa Zoo, who's a Mongol Mongolian fighting out of Australia. You got to watch this kid. He is not, he's unlike anything you've ever seen before. And boy, was he ever. Oh yeah. Now we're watching his kid. Hey, yeah. I love his kid. Two kids him. actually now. Yeah. 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 I think, I think Zoo will be, would destroy Charlo. And I think Canelo's going to destroy Charlo. And I want Charlo to be destroyed because when he went for the Spence Crawford fight, there was a 65, seven year old woman on the floor. I mentioned this, who was saying, can I see your tickets? I'll, mm-hmm. I'll show you to your seat. 
and he physically shoved her. That's no class. That's a yeah. bum. Right. Wow. You know, and Spence Crawford today agreed to a rematch. Yep. And people keep saying, I can't. This, this, Russell Peltz, the Hall of Fame promoter, posted today. What? Russell Peltz said, I'm so, I'm so sick of all this online revisionist history by young kids who know nothing about boxing. Keep it to yourself. And and everyone posted, well, Spence will win because it's at 154. And only one person I saw posted, sorry, uh, Crawford won last time. He decides to wait glass, not Spence. Crawford decides. And he'll probably pick 147. Yeah. And Spence can't make that wait. And yeah. he, got, he, he took a severe beating last time. He'll end it. It'll be ended. His career will be done after this. He'll take yeah. a wait beating. Ooh. Yeah, I'm pretty oh. sure uh, because that rematch clause has been initiated now, uh, that eliminates Crawford from tackling whoever's going to win that Canelo fight. So right. Which, and quite frankly, I don't think he'd be able to gain, what, move up to 156 or something? There's no way. 154, but he talked about fighting Canelo at 168. That's a 21-pound. Right. Top. That's impossible. I mean, I could gain that much weight, but I couldn't fight. <laughs> It's not impossible. Roy Jones Jr. did it, Graham. We all know. <laughs> I could lose that yeah. weight and still not be able to fight. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying it's po impossible, uh, but I, I'd be curious to see uh, if Canel can win. First of all, I mean, he's just at that age. I mean, yeah. he's, he's done a lot. He's 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 done. That's fine. But I mean, everyone argues left, right, and center how he's picked his successfully picked his right. opponents based on their styles. Fine. Fair enough. At yeah. the end of the day, could he build? Could he beat uh, Terence Crawford? At the end of the day, I'm not so sure. But the question is: Is can Terence Crawford build up that muscle and 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 go fight him? As Lou says, at like 168 or whatever. Like, and and my answer is no. It's not. It's not going to happen. So so we we anyway. It won't happen because uh, you know the truth. Errol, Errol Spence uh, has has initiated that rematch clause. So, wow. Yeah, I, I oh. see so many things on on the internet. Like someone said, I love to see Javante uh, Davis take on Arthur Bitterbeev, and I thought, <laughs> so would Arthur Bitterbeev. But I, 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 you know, I think the 45, 50 pound weight difference. <laughs> <might be laughs> I think right. uh, the change would probably be uh, like the the the, the everybody forgets Everybody forgets that Gervonta, like Tank Davis, is a tiny guy. Yeah, a tiny guy and a great fighter. Yeah, great fighter, tiny guy though, tiny guy. Yeah. Like tiny everything, guy. you know, he's he's not a six foot dude walking around here. <laughs> no, and and a lot of these guys, Willie Pep, you know, Michael Carbajal, Scotty Olson, a lot of these guys when you meet them in person. They're not that big, as opposed to when you meet a George Foreman or, or back then Norton or Ali, then you look up and you go, my God, he's big. Yeah. You know, but yeah, the lower weight classes, these are all tiny guys. Yeah. You know, they just, I mean, Chocolate Tito's a tiny guy, just <laughs> an all-time great. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. They so, look bigger. They look bigger, like everything on stage. If you know what I'm saying, right? You're watching right. them say, "Yeah," and you're like, "Oh, that guy's," you know. When you're actually standing beside them, or you're in the same vicinity of them, you're thinking, "Wow, this guy's like a horse jockey or something," right? Well, when when I, people that one of my heroes was Art Hafey, he knocked out Ruben Olivares, 
the, who I consider the, the greatest bantamweight of all time, along with Carlos Zarate. And, and Art was a wow. featherweight. And so people meet Art all the time. Art was rated number one in the world, above the world champion who wouldn't fight him as featherweight in the 70s. And, and people say, oh, I met Art in Halifax a couple months ago. He's like, what, 6'2"? I said, he's 5'3", five, 5'4". Five, no, no, he's 6'2". And I said, fighters project bigger because of who they are and what they do. But Art's a tiny little guy. He just happened to be able to punch like a middleweight weighing 125 pounds. Right. You know, he, he he put a lot of guys in the hospital because he was a tremendous puncher. But yeah, these guys are are are, are tiny, a lot of them. But it's the skill, not the size of the guy. It's the size of the fight in the guy, not the size of the guy in the fight. Did 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 you happen to notice the news out of uh, Montreal? I know we I know we've spoken about the Montreal boxing scene before, but in particular, I have the Tiger management uh, have signed yet another Russian-born uh, Olympian uh, to their roster. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. It kind of slid under that. the radar. Yeah, Iman Kadyov. He's three and zero. I mean, nothing to scream and shout about. But at the end of the day, it's interesting what I have the Tiger is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, un, under the radar. I, I I like Mary Spencer, and I hope she does well with Eye of the Tiger. I mean, that's yeah, about me where it, that's where it ends for me. But uh, I I do like what Eye of the Tiger are doing. They're kind of shaking things up. I mean, we were talking about Better BF before, and at the end of the day, I'm saying to myself, "Wow, I mean, I wonder." And then lo and behold, they go and sign another Russian-born boxer. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, they know talent, and they have Mark Ramsey there. Yeah. And, and often they have Russ Amber, and they know what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. And they're developing yeah. a lot of talent. And don't they have that guy, Graham, who I mentioned I saw recently, uh, that big Russian heavyweight who was. Mike, who was, what's his name again, Mike? Oh, um, yeah. Mike Medulov or something? Yeah, Mike Medulov. Yeah, and he, he beat that uh, Nigerian guy in like three yeah. rounds. And Later. Something. He dem- yeah, he did. And uh, Arslan Beck. Arslan Beck. Mag- oh, that's it. That's it. Magadonov. Arslan Beck, Magadonov. Yeah. That sounds like a curse word in some language. <laughs> Arslan Beck, Magadonov. Same to you, buddy. He, he, he Definitely moves. a mouthful. The way, that guy, the way that guy moves across the ring is, is just, he's, he's, he's like a, he's like a, just a giant rugby player. You know, he's got the yeah. speed. He's got the speed. And, you know, kind of like a Joe Joyce should be. Mm-hmm. Same kind of style, you know that 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 explosive powerness, being able to move that big two hundred and seventy pounds across the ring real quick. The guy just swarms you, and you can't stop a guy like that. You know, it's no. it's hard to, it's hard to fight a guy who who can outweigh you, you know, tower over you, and you know, lean on you when he gets tired. So, and he never and you never you. Yeah, yeah, he's just too he's he's too fast. Joe Joyce is a good case in point. He he he's very static as a fighter. And he fought the wrong fight against Zhang. He, yeah, he needs to move more. But I don't know if, because he's much older if that's really possible. Because I know Tim, if he was here, would, would disagree. But not at not what Joyce has shown us so far. He can't move like that. That's just he, not him. He showed that he has speed though in his hands when he wants it. Like yeah. when he wants when he wants he can unload you know eight nine ten twelve punches no problem, and. It's it's almost like the, his his whole game plan is like reserving the tank because 
when you see him at the end of a fight, whether you know it goes a distance or not, it's very rare do you see that guy profusely sweating. It's just like you know a small little bead on his forehead. He looks like he just went a sparring session. He could go a couple of more rounds. Looks like he could go another fight sometimes. You know, sometimes I think it's 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 just his game plan, the way he wants to draw it out. But if he was able to put that kind of you know speed and, and ferociousness behind, you know, cutting that ring off and and really bearing down on these guys, that guy would be unstoppable. He's got yeah, a I agree. ahead of granite. Like you can't, you know, you can't. Well, the only thing you can do, the only thing you can do, is make his eye close and and disqualify him because, you know, I haven't seen him in too much trouble. No, I've never seen him get staggered even. And I and you and I, we've all seen him take hellish shots to the chin. Yeah. And he just, you know, shrugs it off, keeps coming forward. I mean, Dubois really tagged him. Yeah. Just kept coming forward. If if you can just put a little movement in there to go yeah. along with that, you know, and especially to get his head off the line, yeah. you know, it really give him much better advantage in the ring. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, there was a fight uh, this afternoon as well. Uh, besides the Dina Thorsland card, uh, there was also the uh, Arthur Suraz card. Lyndon King Arthur, Brian Suraz. Uh, wanted to let you guys know, uh, Suraz failed to make weight and could not win the title. And uh, whoa, honestly, I'm just gonna let you guys know, man. Arthur Arthur KO'd him. So oh, yeah, Arthur yeah. took him down, eh? Yeah, Arthur KO'd him. So uh, that's how that one ended out. There's some uh, young up and comers on this one. The undercard was full of guys who were literally like sub ten fights. Uh, opening up with Alex Murphy, who is eight zero, uh, and honestly, we got uh, Cody Smith, Ashley uh, Maron, and uh, Neil Feld Felding. They're all like two three fights under their belts. They're, they're, they're the fun ones to watch. You know the guys you get in there, and uh, just you know the the gifts they're all because they're trying to you know trying to impress. And then uh, Ben Marksby was also on this one, taking on Jordan Elson. Uh, Marksby penalized points for low blows in rounds three and four. And uh, Marksby still came out with the points win on that one. So, Yeah, you know, not making weight is a lack of discipline. Yeah. And it, 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 there's no excuse for that. I mean, if you can't make that weight limit, then move up. But if you can, there's no excuse for not making it. And, and especially, and especially like this is for the vacant belt, especially – when you got you're 18 and one, you've done this 19 times already. There's no excuse. There should be no excuse why you're missing weight in a championship fight. Like you're you're fighting for a belt. That's that's sheer lack of discipline. It's completely irresponsible as a as a yeah. professional athlete. To be honest with you, did not make weight. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Don't make weight. Are you in the fight or you're not in the fight? Well, obviously you're not. You're not even getting fight now for the title. Right? In this in the 1960s and 70s. George Chavallo's time, fighters were always in shape because you never knew when a fight was going to fall in your lap. Right. You never knew when somebody would call and say, hey, I got a title shot for you in five weeks. And they still do that now. Yeah. The fighters will often say, hey, I, I need two months or three. No, you got five weeks. That's it. And so it, it pays if you're a professional fighter. That's your job. Your job is to be at your weight in shape all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, I saw something recently, guys, that was pretty intriguing. Mike, you probably know about this because, you know, and Lou probably does too, but Mike Tyson fought 15 times in the first year of his career. And there's a bunch of other big older uh, era of fighters that guys were fighting 15, 17, 18, almost 20 fights a year. 
Now we'd be lucky to see these guys maybe once or twice, as you know, Lou. And you know what? Mike Tyson, just think, he fought 15 times in his first professional season of pro boxing. So there, what, what's That's that true. about? Mostly, he mostly fought stiffs, but he still was in there fighting. Harry Greb, the great middleweight and light heavyweight champion, uh, near the end of his career was averaging 41 fights a month. And what? he was blind. Wow. And, two a night? Well, at least one a night. Yeah, he was blind in one eye. And no in the early, the early 1900s, late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, the capital of boxing was not New York or England or Vegas. It was Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, because you Whoa. could get a boxing license there to put a show on anywhere. There were no rules. And so fighters came from all over the world to Winnipeg because it, rather than fighting, you know, once a month, you could right. fight three, four times a week, every week. And so, consequently, guys got really good really quickly. And so then they could move down to the States and take the big money. <laughs> so today, guys don't yeah. fight often yeah. enough. But then, you, you know, I mean, Usyk's fighting a lot. Jared Anderson is fighting a lot. And, um, yeah, I mean, some guys still do. And Tyson was the anomaly. Yeah. Uh, I, there's, a, there's a big list there. Sorry, guys, but if uh, Graham or one of you guys, I might be able to find it. We'll talk about it later. But I was surprised that those guys, like on that list, I'll know, actually fought 15 to 20 fights a year for the first two, even two years of their career. That would be like 40 fights. And then all of a sudden you're in what, five title fights, I guess, or what? You know what I mean? Well, here's something for you. From 1887, George Dixon, the first black man from Nova Scotia ever to win a world boxing title. Uh, I, 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 he died in 1908. He fought till 1906. He had 800 fights. <laughs> and wow. most most of it listed. 800? 800. Right. So most of it's listed on box rack. It's like Whoa. just over 100. And I thought, how? why would they say this? So I did research. I've been doing a lot of research on him uh, for a long time. What would happen with him was, he would go to a city and say, I'll take on all comers tonight in six round or four round matches. So five people would sign right. up to fight him. And if you went more right. than a round, you got $50. But also right. when he was in, in New York and he fought a fight, he wanted to make more money. So he knocked a guy out. And then that night he traveled 10 miles to Binghamton or somewhere else. And he'd fight under another name, <laughs> make more money. And wow. so- all right. You know, some of these guys are fighting five, six times a week. And a guy like Dixon was smart enough to know I'm the best at my weight in the world at featherweight, but my career is no career is a long career. So right. I got to make as much as I can while I can. Plus, being black, his manager was taking most of his money. Right. So he would do this a lot. A lot of guys back then had a lot more fights than we know of that are recorded. And the reason they're not in the newspaper is because boxing was illegal then in most states in all over Canada. So if a newspaper covered it, you could get arrested. Hmm. So it's very difficult back then. Only the police gazette covered it. So these right. guys fought <clears> like, hundreds. Like guys, you look at a guy like uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Sr., right? Chavez Sr., right? Okay, so Floyd Mayweather's what? The best boxer of all time, apparently, whatever they say, well, which is a complete crock or whatever you want to call it. But uh, Chavez was 89-0, and 0, as we know. Lou, right? Yeah. One eighty-nine and 0. <laughs> 49 and 0. 89 and 0, right? 
But in Mexico, as you know, things are completely different down there, right? You know what I mean? Those guys were fighting sometimes, and I, I, I did a few shows on it. They'd be fighting in grocery stores, Lou. They were yeah. fighting in back alleys. They were fighting in uh, makeshift uh, fights on the, you know, on a, a piece of dirty land or somewhere out, somewhere on a, you know, a farm or something. And the, these, all these fights were never documented. Do you understand, right? Because they just didn't have the, uh, you know, the facility to do that. And so these guys who were like Chavez, who's eighty-nine and zero, apparently, what do you have, like a hundred knockouts or something? Eventually, yeah. over a hundred, something crazy, right? Yeah, he actually had probably thirty or forty fights more, maybe more, but they were never documented. Most so people, it's a lot of myth about him. He did have an amateur career, not a long one. Uh, his family. Oh. I spoke to Bernard Asuna about this. His family lived in a boxcar. Uh, an abandoned boxcar of a freight train and his older brother's box and the family was starving. So he turned pro, he right. turned pro at 16 or 17 because yeah. they needed the money. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. he learned exactly. on the job through, you know, experience, but that was not uncommon for Mexican fighters. And for a lot of fighters, Ricardo Mayorga, who was Nicaraguan, lived in a hole in the side of a mountain because he was broke. There's no yeah. such thing as government assistance in Nicaragua. Right. If you're broke, you're broke. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's what I'm saying. So it just, it, you know, we hear all these things about, you know, this guy, this guy's, you know, pound for pound, the best fighter of all time. And this is Chavez Sr., who are, have unblemished records of 89 and 0 until they lost a fight. You know what I'm saying? So that, but they don't get the same recognition as a guy like Floyd Mayweather. And I'll just never understand that. Well, the, the thing that confuses me uh, is when I read about a fight, I'll, I'll read about the original Jack Dempsey, the middleweight champ, and he fought this this Torontonian, George Fuljamis, and he and and he knocked him out in 18 rounds. I can't find it anywhere. I can't find it on box rec. I can't find it on each individual's record. I found some contemporary reports in the United States from newspapers, but none in Toronto. You know that the fight, and then I, Boxrec says the fight was rumored, so we don't know if it came off. But the newspaper reporters that were there said it did come off, so it's right. hard to say one way or the other. And that's even up to today. We there's some fights on Chevalo's record where you look on Boxrec and they'll say we don't know if this fight actually occurred or not. And yeah, yeah. When I asked George ten years ago, he said I can't remember. To be honest with you. Well, yeah, yeah. There, there, there were some in interesting things that uh, uh, Zhilai Zhang said. Uh, I just want to backtrack just a second here uh, because he held a press conference in New York City this past week with respect to his upcoming fight against Joe Joyce. And you guys had mentioned earlier uh, mm -hmm. Joe Joyce and whether he could move or not. But the point matter is, is Zhang uh, basically gave a brief, brief update on his training camp. And he said, you know, you know Joyce is so active and, and he hits hard. But when it comes to sparring, he this is what Zhang said. I'm working with Alonzo Neal, who throws more punches than Joyce, Dimitri Bezos, who hits harder than Joyce, and Marius Walk, who's 300 pounds and bigger than Joyce. <laughs> so, so keep in mind, Alonzo Neal is the 2023 National Golden Gloves finalist. Bezos is a 10-1 professional fighter. And Walk is, as we know, well-respected veteran who challenged you know, former champ uh, Vladimir Klitschko and shared the ring with uh, contenders, uh, Gerald Miller, uh, Alexander Povetkin, uh, Martin Bacoli, Dillian White, and Huey Fury. So as Zhang's fighting these guys, 
on various levels because he knows who he's up against. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think Joyce takes it. I'm not going to say takes it seriously, but you don't hear anything like that from Joyce's camp. In other words, you know, I mean, and then and, and the British wonder why Joyce got beaten in the first place. Why? Because this boy Zhang, he's not he's, he's not he's not stupid. He's not just a big, dumb heavyweight. This guy is he knows what he's doing and he's this being trained well. Calculated moves that the, the entire camp is making. Yeah. yeah and, and Zhang Zhang's got two billion people he can't let down. He has no choice. He Good can't point. lose because he would disgrace his people. He and the way he feels, I'd rather die than lose. I cannot lose. He almost and, died in that one fight. His kidneys were, were shutting down, remember? Yeah. yeah. Right. He had to be dragged out of the ring. Mm-hmm. He was so and he had that one fight. Was it against her Herkovic or Hergovic or whoever it was that he beat, but he didn't get the decision? Yeah. And yeah. and they just ripped him off on that. But but Joyce doesn't seem to be a wanna. There doesn't seem to be an essential fire. And yeah, I, mean, I gotta beat him. Yeah, I don't see the hunger either. And he came he came out with a totally completely different game plan against Zhang than we have seen in previous fights from him. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the same. He was a little more trim. He tried to play behind the jab a lot more. It's you know, he was playing a completely different game. And he was trying to outbox Zhang, who is by far a better technician than yeah. you go with what got you there. You know, yeah. if, if you're Mickey Mantle, you don't start trying to bunt to get on base. You yeah. swing right. the fences every time up. And yeah. Joyce is a power puncher who, who can weather the storm and get in there. And he just he couldn't get by his jab. He, no. he, he, he was he was boxing technically, and that's not his skill. No. You know he's got to he's got to shorten it up, get in there, and and let his hands go. Yeah, and be the juggernaut, be what he's yeah. called. Do yeah, that. just run in, mash him, and leave. That's it. That's what he's supposed <clears throat> to do. He's supposed to come in, run through the house, and that's it. And that's exactly it. He lives by his power, and he dies by it. So use yeah. it. Yeah, like you know, you already showed us you got a chin. Instead, you sat there and decided to try and outbox a guy who has pinpoint accuracy with that left hand. Right. Yeah, and Gil Clancy is to say the guy's punching in the face. At least throw a punch back to let him know you're there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, at least hit him back. It's supposed to be a fight. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so guys, I just wanted to ask because Graham seems to be the expert on this one. But uh, Graham, can I ask you something about uh, the, the? Is it Michaela yeah. Mayer fighting this weekend against uh, the Belgian? Mayer? Yeah. Yeah, Ben. So what, uh, Graham? You've always liked uh, her style, yep. right, Mayor? Uh, yeah, I, I believe right. And I, I, I checked her out quite, you know, quite a bit. And I think yep. she's a really good fighter. What do yep. you guys think about that? Like, I mean, the women are really making a dent here this year and next year going forward. I'm really looking forward to all these great women's cards where, you know, we were never able to watch them because they were never, as Lou would tell you, they never got any traction anywhere, right? But now they seem to be getting traction. Graham, what do you think about? Uh, her and uh, some of these fights that are coming up. Yeah, no, c- certainly. I, I I actually think Mayor's going to win this one. I mean, she's she's had some tough battles over the past year. I got to say, um, mm-hmm. but realistically, here, here here she's a good, strong fighter. Um, d- didn't you say uh, was it was it Mike was it Thorsland who yeah. fought today? Dina Thorsland. Dina Thorsland. Yeah. She fought today. Yeah. So so you know there are women fighting around the world and um, we've reported on this endlessly 
uh, that tend to get ignored. Uh, but this, I'm glad to see Michaela Mayer on the undercard. She deserves to be on the undercard on, on this yeah, fight. Yeah. Um, will she win? Yeah, she'll win. She did say too, Graham, apparently that she's uh, decided that after this fight, she's going to move up another weight class. She's going to go into 147, right? Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's a number of fighters who are... Uh, you know, she's not worried about what she did in the past. She's actually moving forward and want to get into some bigger and stronger competition. So right, she's not right. worried about Baumgartner. She's not worried about all the girls that she's already fought. She's, she's moving up one chunk. I think she's going to welterweight maybe, and right? And she's super lightweight or something. Yeah, I... 147 Lou is welterweight, right? Lou, I guess 147 Lou. Yeah, that's that's welter, but yeah, I, I think she's very good technically and and great jab, and she comes in behind her jab. I, yeah. I, I it's not that I'm not a fan of it. I, I just don't watch much women's boxing, but she's I mean she's very good. She's technically sound. She packs a good punch, and Ooh. she's smart. She's smart to move up, and she's also smart to put Alicia Baumgartner behind her because right. you can't right. dwell on that forever. You know, you got to move forward. That's and right. That, and that's what she said. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, Bernard Hopkins got ripped off, I thought, twice with the Jermaine Taylor fights. Maybe not the first one, but the second one. Exactly. And, and he just said, you know, why dwell on it? Just move forward. Right. That's it. No, it's over. What are you going to do? I, yeah. I just, I've just been informed that my cat has brought a mouse in the house. Oh. <laughs> Which brings us to the hour mark. So. Yes, but also I wanted to let you guys know Thorsland did unify the WBO and WBC title earlier today at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So, yeah, uh, that's Bantamweight. She is now holding the WBO and WBC titles. So, uh, yeah, take that, guys. No, good on her. She's a good fighter. Yeah, she is. Um, so, yeah, that is the end of our show. Again, Grumpy Graham, Lou, Neil, thanks again. Tell the fans out there, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Friday Night Panel. We will see you next week. Same time, same channel. New topics, guys. See you later. Peace. Peace. Peace.